This took place in 2016, actually, um, actually 2017, right after the 2016 election, there was a big push for every state, um, all 50 states to improve their cybersecurity um, and awareness um, due to um, potential Russia meddling in the election or claims that there was. And so at the time I was working at Apple, um, working on uh, the, the front end of uh, apple.com, um, really enjoyed that. And I was also at the time still in the National Guard. So I got a call saying, hey, we need you to come to Sacramento and we're going to do this cybersecurity thing. So at the time, I didn't know anything about cybersecurity, but I still went down there and the, the list of requirements that I needed were like four pages long. And I said, hey, there's there's only this one page here that I really know. And they said, that's fine. We're going to have contractors from all these different security agencies come in. They're going to train you guys and then you guys are then going to go off and build the, the next generation of cybersecurity for, for the state. And so I said, okay, so I joined, went through the training process, all that stuff. So then it got time to where we needed to implement these things and we need to start collecting data so we could analyze it and um, let other uh, agencies know that either they were compromised or we saw some type of traffic. But the most interesting thing is when we were there, the state had no security. They had an IPS system and an IDS system that was probably from 2004, something like that. It's really old. Um, it was only able to support, I think, 10 gigs of 10 gigs a second. They had four of those, so about 40 gigs a second. So a lot of the traffic even just bypassed through because it wasn't able to inspect it, so it just dropped the traffic. There was no standard endpoint security uh, protection system on any of the host machines. Um, there was no centralized um, authentication management. Um, and so we had this big, big thing where we only saw a subset of the of traffic coming in. We had no w way of being able to do deeper inspections outside of whatever that tool gave us. So we, we learned that there was a lot of gaps and a lot of things that, that we didn't know. And from the data that we did get from the IPS, it did appear that, you know, there was some adversaries in uh, a lot of different other countries around the world, such as China and Russia and India, um, Iran, there, there's, a, there's a wide range. Um, and so once we got the tools implemented, being able to do packet captures, and, and even though the IPS system hadn't been upgraded at the time, we were still able to pull all of those packet captures down, get them into Splunk, and, and being able to analyze. And what we noticed is we had tons of uh, Bitcoin miners on like all of these government uh, host machines that were just running constantly uh, to, to generate revenue for the, for the adversaries or bad guys. Um, there was cases of ransomware that we saw that systems that no one had used in a long time or um, they just quit using because they didn't know what was wrong with it. Um, and so we saw a lot of different uh, attacks all in the network and it's all because we didn't have, the state had no visibility up until that initiative was pushed to say, hey, uh, there's potentially, there was like Russia, Russia meddling in the election and, and we need to make sure that we have cybersecurity. And before that, it, it appeared that the state had no control over security. They had no idea what was coming to their network. They had very old security appliances that at the time, you know, 2004, the 10 gigs per second would have been sufficient. You know, you had four of those across all of the routers. Um, 
but you know, we're in 2016 and all that data has quadrupled and you have social media now and a tons of things. So we're just missing a ton of traffic. So I thought it was very interesting that, um, all these attacks had been, all of those things had been on the systems for, for so long. We don't know how long they had been on there until we were able to get additional visibility. But the, the, before I left, we still didn't understand how large or the, the scope of how big this thing was and how many systems are out there where someone was able to get in and bypass the one security system that they had. And they had buried themselves into, you know, a system and, and was able to put safeguards up so they couldn't be detected in the future. And even though we were trying to get um, CrowdStrike deployed on all of the systems, it became a very daunting task because we had to work with other agencies and other agencies had their own opinions of what they wanted to do. And since we couldn't control what another agency did, for example, Department of Wildlife or the Department of Transportation, um, we would have to just say, hey, these are our best recommendations. And there wasn't a lot we could do, even though we saw the traffic, we couldn't control their systems. So it became like, wow, this is such a huge problem. And it seems like every agency has their own agenda or, or the way that they want to go about things. So it was like a constant notification every day, like, hey, this is this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Or, we need you to fix this. And this system compromised. It needs to be taken offline. And it, it sometimes would take weeks. And I think that's pretty scary because if you're dealing with government systems that have uh, classified information and you know, the people who are responsible for making sure these systems are secure are either not trained, they're not knowledgeable, they have old systems, or there's politics in play of what vendor that, you know, they should go with. And we have to do, you know, there's all this red tape. Well, well, we would love to go with that vendor, but we have to do, you know, a POV and we have to have three different customers and then we have to have them present it to us. And then we make some type of um, offer and we accept whoever gave us the, the cheaper deal, even though that might not always be the the, the best um, case there to do that. Um, sometimes spend a little more and get a better product, but uh, you know, I, I don't work there anymore. I, I think they're on the right track, you know, but it was pretty scary that, you know, the, the people who you think would have like the greatest security and, and they have everything figured out and everyone else is sort of behind the same people who, um, created the internet is like so far behind when it comes to the private sector and making sure the systems are secure. Um, and, and to that point, I remember our payroll system was still on DOS and there's not a lot of systems that, that modern security appliances, you know, work with DOS. So some of those systems are just like side loaded into a basement somewhere and hopefully no one ever, you know, is able to tap into them. But I just thought it was pretty interesting that, there was not a lot of security until we got there. And then it was still a um, very hard task to get other agencies to comply with uh, what the Department of Technology wanted.